Welcome to Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tarmody, where it's all about health optimization, anti-aging, longevity, and being the very best you can be. Brought to you by lisatarmody.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have my friend Tiffany Cook, who is a repeat guest on the show. Tiffany is a boxer and also a broadcaster. She uh, owns a few gyms in Australia. She works with the famous Craig Harper, produces his show as well. She has a podcast called Roll With Punches, which is absolutely fabulous. She's very prolific in her work. Um, Make sure you go and check that out. And today it's all about she's stepping back into the ring shortly, and we're talking the athlete mindset, what it takes to take on massive athletic challenges. And we have a bit of discussion as two athletes from different areas, the things that we've learned from our sport and what we can find out about ourselves when we're doing these things and pushing the limits of of our comfort zone or outside of our comfort zone. Um, and then I actually go into, because we're talking boxing in her particular case, um, I give her a bit of a consult, if you like, about how to protect your brain. So if you're into brain health and you want to know how to protect your brain or if you've had an injury to the brain and you want to want some um, advice on how to deal with it rather than just go and lie in a dark room and, you know, have a rest, which is the sort of standard advice you get. There's so much more that we can do to protect our brains, and it's very, very important to protect our brains so that we don't develop problems down the line from hormone problems to gut issues to leaky gut to um, hormones and adrenal problems um, through to dementia and Alzheimer's and all of those horrible things. So make sure you tune in right to the end of the, the episode, and I do hope you enjoy that. Um, on the personal front, just want to let you know, you guys know, um, I am working on a new, well, we have a new company, and we're going to be announcing all about it pretty soon, so I won't give away everything, but we have a new biotech company called Avum. That's A-E-V-U-M. And we're going to be in the longevity and anti-aging space. So watch the space is all I can say at the moment. And I'm very, very excited about some of the stuff that we're going to be bringing you. So um, stay tuned for that. Um, and meanwhile, head over to lisatarmody.com. Um, check out my shop. Check out all the uh, supplements and uh uh, age testing and all the other stuff and the books that I've got going on over in my shop at lisatarmody.com. And if you are needing help with a health issue, then you can also reach out to me and work one-on-one with me uh, as a personal health consultant. If you need help with anything that you're dealing with, um, yeah, please do reach out. I do have a bit of a waiting list, but um, you can go to uh, support at lisatarmody.com, drop me an email or my team an email and tell me a story, tell me what you're dealing with and we can get back to you on how you can work with us. Um, also got the Hyperbaric Oxygen Therapy Clinic rocking and rolling here in uh, Taranaki. So if you're in Taranaki and you want to come and check that out, please also drop us a line at support.lisatarmody.com, support.lisatarmody.com um, and you can read all about that on my website. Um, as well. Right, now over to the show with a lovely Tiffany Cook. Well, good day team. Lovely to have you back at Pushing the Limits. Fantastic to have you. Today I have my good friend Tiffany Cook with me. Tiff, welcome back to the show. You're a repeat offender. <laughs> Here we are, mate. I can't believe it's been so long. <laughs> it has been. I don't know where the time's gone, to be honest. It's just been a crazy manic thing and I've been watching you guys and uh, you and Harps, and it's just been fabulous watching your shows, listening to your, your guests and pinching a few of them off you. Um, we do good podcast swapping, which is fantastic, and I really appreciate that sort of networking with you guys. Um, but you, Tiffany, you you run a show called Roll With The Punches. Anyone who's on YouTube can see that in the background. She's much more professional than me. She's got the T-shirt. She's got the backdrop. <laughs> All about um, the branding, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, you're way up on me. Um, I'm too busy doing other stuff. Um, but but Tiffany, you've um, so you've got a background. Give everyone a because you know you've been on the show before, but um, a lot of people, new listeners and so on. Give us a bit of a rundown on who you are, what you are, and what you're up to. Oh, all right. I'm a little Tazzy lass, a little Tazzy lass that moved over to Melbourne uh, just before I hit twenty. I oh, what did I do? I worked in corporate for the most part. Moved over here, did a few courses, 
And at 29, in the middle of, you know, having a sales career in, in the print industry, I stumbled across a poster in a boxing gym and I thought, oh, I'll have a crack at that, the old white collar event. And that stole my heart and that literally sparked a fire within me, changed my life quite a bit unbeknownst to, you know, what I thought might unfold from that. And within a couple of years, I was working as a coach, working as a personal trainer and a boxing coach, um, have had a couple of gyms, have started the podcast in the middle of COVID. So we hit the chaos in the middle of the fitness industry, you know, yeah. getting locked down for so long. And that yep. that brought that second iteration into, well, let's, let's pivot. We don't <laughs> like that word, but we did it. And um, <laughs> yeah, I guess boxing, boxing and that sport and, and the lessons I learned through that is really, it, it's such a theme through my life. Everything is viewed through that lens but I love to have my finger in a lot of different pies and we just talked about shiny objects. I love a shiny object. So it's got shiny object syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a lesson in a sport and a, and a philosophy that I always come back to is that, you know, how we, how it became a metaphor for me. And um, yeah, I think I'll never, I'll never not view life kind of through that fighter lens. Yeah, through the fighter lens. lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the through being a boxer and being an athlete and being a hardcore athlete. So anybody who's watched this girl on Instagram will know she's pretty hardcore and uh, very very fit and very very able and and very brave. You know, boxing's a sport um, that is you know uh, is brutal. It's tough. It's you know you face a lot of fears. You have to train like a maniac. You. The dedication to training is 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 pretty intense, and then you're facing an opponent, and like you know, we little girls go through life not meant to be boxing people and hitting people in the face, and then all of a sudden you're in a sport where you're doing that. Um, um, how cathartic was it? Oh, so cathartic! But it's so it's such a mirror, you know. Like there's n- there's been nothing that's that's shown me who I am and taught me about where I'm at and and where I, what I need to work on and and maybe confirmation biases and and things there's just been nothing as honest and truthful as the art of boxing for me and each time I step in you know I've had a few times where I've had anywhere between 2 and 4 years out of the sport yep. and then I'll step back in and throughout those years I'm learning, I'm evolving, I'm doing therapy, I'm doing all the things. Recovery. And so I'm become literally a different person every time I walk in and there's a different benchmark. And I know that when I step into that space, it's not going to be the same as before. And that's what I love about it. It's very, it's for me, it's a very philosophical sport. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and people listening to this be like, really? Isn't it just hopping in a ring and beating the crap out of each other but it isn't it's a very technical sport it's a very difficult sport you have to you're training so many things on so many levels you've got massive speed you've got massive coordination you've got a dodge being hit yourself um mm. you so your, your reaction speed your you know all of this sort of thing comes into play and and what what I found cuz I did a, a tiny little wee bit of boxing um, more for the training. Uh, I was looking at, you know, doing some corporate uh, fighting at that point. I never yeah. did it, actually. Oh, <laughs> lazy, you'd kill it. <laughs> um, and then I was too old. <laughs> um, but it it, um, it was it was tough. Like, it was tough. Like, like, I'm used to running with my legs, right? My legs can go for a long time, but my arms couldn't. <laughs> It changed the whole my whole perspective. I remember um, uh, one of my clients and friends, uh, Sam Rapera, who's a famous boxer over here and a professional boxer, and um, he just had one because I trained with his brother, right? And um, but he 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 just had me in the gym, just doing a little bit of not sparring, obviously, because he, he would kill me. <laughs> but just the uh, the intensity of 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 being with him. And having a go, it was just insane. I was just like, holy crap, there is no way I would ever even land a punch anywhere near him. Like I couldn't get through his defences, you know, he he wasn't hitting me, but he would show me that he could hit me at any moment, you know. Um, 
and I was just like gobsmacked, <laughs> but I could not land a punch, no which, you know. I think what fascinates, yeah, I think what fascinates me about it is, and I see it, and I see it so much more this time around than before because of the conversations and the and the the guests I've spoken to on my show for the last three years. This idea of really getting a sense and understanding what's happening subconsciously and what am I controlling and what's controlling me, and mm-hmm. I have hyper awareness on that now in a way wow. I didn't before. You know, that real, uh, you know, I was doing some, all I've done in the last four years or the last couple of years, nothing in the last four, but in the last couple of years, just I've got a friend at the gym that I move around with a little bit here and there. She's done a few Muay Thai fights in the past, so she doesn't, hasn't done a lot of boxing and is not training for boxing now. So we just play around and I'll work on stuff with her and I'll watch it back. I'll film it and watch it back. And what I think I'm doing and choosing yeah. when I watch it, from from an observer perspective, yeah. I see that I'm not choosing that. I'm being controlled by wow. a comfort zone or by I'm like, okay, so it's all about what's the story I'm telling myself? What am I going into control? How am I overcoming that? And what's really playing out? And like what a metaphor for life. What's really playing out? Yeah. So you're learning, as Craig would tell us, to learn from it, looking from a third-party perspective at what you're actually doing and looking at yourself perform and do your thing and you think you're doing something completely different than what you're actually doing. Yeah, yeah. And losing that, you know, like, hang on, am am I choosing? I think I'm choosing this, but also if I look (laughs) from another lens, that person's actually making me do that and think I'm choosing it. And that's the art of boxing is wow. making, controlling someone and making them think they're in control. Mm. So making them think they're choosing do? to punch, but these micro <laughs> movements or these these micro, um, I was going to say microaggressions, but I probably don't want to use that term. Yeah, but these yeah. micro, those think these small little triggers we can do in the, in a boxing fight can evoke a punch out of someone, so they wow. think they're choosing that, but we're we're actually inviting it, or they're wow. inviting it on us. Wow, that is yeah. really profound. Now, yeah, it's crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought that boxing could be so philosophical? I know, right? And if you know, if you thought I was an overthinker last time, bloody hell, this to think about and. Whew. Busy mind in there. Between you and me with ultra marathon running, we can find metaphors for everything that we and this is the thing. We look through the lens of being athletes. And yeah. that's what's different. And that's the that's the um this is this is why when I'm working with, you know, as a health consultant and working with people, I really love working with athletes because they 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 look through a similar lens to what I look through and they have the it's they know how to overcome discomfort. They know how to keep grinding when they don't see results. They know how to keep putting one foot in front of the other. They know discipline and they know that if the coach says something, you do something. And uh if they trust the coach, right? And, yes. and and this is these are things that in the general public you don't have. So you have to spend a lot more time um convincing people of the need to swallow a pill. You know, mm. supplement or or uh, overcoming um, objections or oh goodness no I couldn't possibly do that and it's like really that's not hard <laughs> it's not hard to take a handful of pills oh no that's way too much and you know like it's like when you've done the stuff that you do like that's nothing in comparison and what what I think is really important is that the consequences you're aware of. Like, you know that if you don't train this week and then you hop in the ring next week with your sparring partner, you're going to get your butt handed to you, mm-hmm. you know? So you know that, that that's a consequence of not training half. If I, if I sign up for a marathon and then I don't put in the miles and I don't put in the hard yards come race day, you know, you either bleed in the training or you bleed on the day, you know? that's I love that. Yeah, and it's so true. So that makes a correlation in your mind. Like, I better be preventative. I better be in that preparatory space, like where I'm preparing, I'm doing the hard yards in order not to have that event happen down the future. And that, for me, in the in the health world, where I'm trying to, you know, help people on health journeys, is so much more powerful when they've got that mindset of 
hell, I don't want to be there, or they've been there briefly and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to experience that, or I've seen my parents experience that. And, you know, that that's definitely been for me as well with mum, seeing her go through the hardships, the horrors, the terrors of what the things that she's had to experience. I'm like, hell no. Somebody saved me from that, and I don't care what I have to do to save myself from that horror. I'm going to do it, you know. And yeah. and so that mo- that motivates you to 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 be in that preventative mindset. The hard thing I find though is like when I bring that to other people, they haven't had that experience. They don't get the the, the often you know even with people with serious things like cancer or stuff, they'll go, "Oh well, I had my operation. I should be fine." And I'm like. You know, you know, you need to have backup plans for the backup plans and you've got to plan everything out and you should have different options and you should be ahead of the ball game, not waiting to react for it to come back. In 70% of the cases, you know, in certain cancers, it comes back and then they haven't prepared for that, you know, like not just go, oh, well, now I'm good. I've had my operation and my chemo and I'm fine. So for me, that's just like unimaginable. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what's been really interesting? So this week I jumped back into training and and on that point, for a while now, so I take I don't take a lot of supplements. Um I take magnesium, fish oil, uh, what else? Creatine, because I do mm-hmm. a bit of strength training. Mm-hmm. Um love creatine. Yeah. And out of all of the things I have in the cupboard, creatine's the one I take daily. And mm-hmm. the like I've got greens that I bought. And I don't take them all the time. And the moment I started training properly and went, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight train again and we'll jump in the ring, mm-hmm. it became easy. I stopped eating any junk. I cut back on and it and it wasn't like I muscled through it, Lisa. It wasn't like I went, okay, I have to do this, because it was just like it became a priority. But I also wonder, I'm very curious about, am I getting so much dopamine from the idea and the and the purpose of the boxing that mm. I'm not now looking for these little micro things, you know, like the I'm a like bit chocolateholic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm so I'm not I'm not wanting that. I'm not eating as often just for the hell of it, like I well, like I would before. Yep. Um, and so my energy's feeling great, but that interested me. I was like, there's there's always different things at play, and that's what I like about you know, sometimes jumping in or feeling the change that other people feel going, going from athlete to stepping out of being athlete for a few years and just training and then jumping back into competition and going, Oh, okay. Cause here's the story. Yeah. And there's the next oh. level. Yeah. It's like, Oh, is yep. that, the, is that the story or what's going on there? Cause that all of a sudden become easy. Cause I need to be able to translate that just like you do. I need to be able to translate that when I'm training people. Yeah. And yeah. Go, okay, How do you I get that motivation yeah. across? Yeah. And and I think that that's a really good point because when you have an actual goal and when you have an actual deadline or a you know, you've got one coming up, something coming up, then you're much more likely to put in the hard yards for that that period of time and you're much more likely to adopt the changes that need adopting because you've got like, oh my gosh, this is coming at me, so I've got to do it now. Whereas like even like for me, I'm not training for anything at, at the moment. You know, except surviving life, <laughs> mum, <laughs> which is a big enough job, big event, a big event, and 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 businesses and so on. And that the the the, the that nth degree of motivation is not there because you don't have that date in the line in the sand where you've got to be ready for that thing. And and it is a little bit easier to slip back and go, well, I'll just have a little bit of this and I'll eat a bit of that and I won't train quite so hard today. And, you know, so it's, it's, it is a, a real impetus when you have a line in the sand and that's the beauty of goal setting. I think actually having a goal that you've actually publicly admitted to and I, I, I like to get my <laughs> people doing that, publicly admitting to like I'm, I'm you know, if it's a runner, I'm, I'm doing a 100 miler in six months' time. And saying that out loud to all their friends and on Facebook or wherever, because then they're like, well, now you've got to do it. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, your honor's on the line. And when your honor is on the line, you are really motivated to not look like a dick. 
Yeah. And yeah. so you're going to get up at those early morning in the middle of winter and in the rain and go for that run or do whatever is required to get there. And you put yourself in that environment to make that happen, you know. And I, I do think it's also valid to have times where you're not doing that to recover. Yeah. Like you can't live that intensity forever and all the time. So it's okay to have times where you're backing off and you're just, I'm going to just actually live life and enjoy life and, and, you know, um, have, have some time out and eat a pie, God's sake, you know, <laughs> if you want, <laughs> but, and then popping back into that state though. And, yeah. and it, could, it might not even be in the sporting space next time. It might be in the business space. It might be in yeah. something else, academics or whatever your your mission is. But you you're pushing yourself on some level, at you know, most of the time, and then having specific times out where you're doing the rest and recovery so that you don't burn out. Which I've you know and you've probably done, burnt yourself out completely and been a crying Master mess on it. the floor. Master of it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Quite <laughs> I don't want to brag, but <laughs> I'm very good at doing burnout. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is also that defining what's what's discipline and what's the definition. What's my definition of discipline for me, and what's what's someone else's definition of discipline for them, and what are all of the supporting and surrounding um, behaviors and attributes and thoughts and stories that are influencing that? Because I don't know. We it's it's really easy when it's really easy to sit here and go, you just got to be disciplined and turn up every day. But all, there's so much story. Like, what are your values? What are you doing it for? Is it for you? What's your self-talk in the middle of it? All of these things also come into the, the, the whole identity of who you are and, and what you're doing. So, you know, for some people, like I talk, I talk about the same with resilience. What's resilience? And what's just beating ourselves up? What's being resilient and what's just pushing through shit or su- suppressing emotions or suppressing pain? Um, and where do we find the balance? And so if we can unlock that, then discipline, discipline's not just flogging yourself. Yeah. Turning yeah. up. Like, yeah, you're going to have to turn up. You're going to have to do the hard thing when when you do the hard thing. But, you know, we also have to have have agency and and, you know, be in touch with ourselves throughout the process. Yeah, and I think I think athletes do find that a bit of a hard um battle to yeah. because you and, and I've seen that mindset of flog yourself all the time uh really backfire on myself definitely and on others where you have actually just burnt yourself completely to pieces and you haven't been listening to your body because you've learned to overcome all the signals of your body in order to improve your fitness and improve the level of what you're performing at to yeah. the point that you break your body down. And now it's like, okay, when when I'm doing a high-intensity exercise, I know that I am doing damage to my body. Now, if I give myself rest and recovery after that, that's perfect because then I've created a hermetic stress, and a hermetic stress is where – it's a stress that's a that's made the body upregulate certain things and make certain things and make more muscle and get better oxygen carrying capacity and make more mitochondria, whatever the case is, and improved. But if I go beyond that point and I start to keep going with that smashing the crap out of myself, then I've actually just gone to a massive oxidative stress state where I'm overloading the stress, overloading the inflammation, overwhelming the pathways that my body has to cope. And then I won't get the response that I'm wanting from the body. I won't get the improvement. And so this is the this is the fine line that the athlete has to walk. And when you're doing something like ultras or indeed boxing, when you're pushing up against the limit, it's it's knowing where that line is and where you've stepped a step too far uh, and where you need to pull back. And re- that rest and recovery is a part of a training program. It's a very, it's the most important part of a training program is your rest and recovery schedule. Because if you have just overtraining all the time, um, you know, a young lady in my village at the moment training for a marathon, amazing. I've seen the discipline. I've seen her every day out there doing it, doing it, doing it, bang, you know, got a problem because she's overtrained. Hmm. And now to talk her off a cliff, because she's like, oh my God, I'm not training. I've got the event. And I'm like, yep, but right now, if you keep training, you are definitely not getting to that event. If you back off the training now and you do other things and you do, I don't know, Pilates, yoga, go for a swim, do some meditation, sleep more, 
eat more, then you will get to the start line maybe slightly undercooked, but you'll get that you'll get that uh, injury fixed enough to be able to complete the race and do the thing. Yeah, and that's part of the mindset of that, eh? And not to go, well, I'm not going to make it now because I'm a month out from the race and now I can't run. No, well, that, that's possible still, obviously, if the injury is big enough. But let's chuck the bus at rehabilitation, and that means backing off the training. And and that's really tough for an athlete. But I've had my best performances when I've had to back off because of injury, and then it's better to come in undercooked than overcooked, slightly underdone, just like a chicken, slightly underdone, okay? <laughs> I don't know if I want chicken slightly underdone though. Maybe stay. Well, maybe not chicken. Not a good one. Chicken, you're not meant to do underdone. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> let's go to steak. Just interrupting the show to let you know about our patron community here on the podcast at Pushing the Limits. We've been going for eight years, and we really need your support to keep the show on air and free to everybody, so that everyone gets this fantastic information uh, from all these great doctors, scientists, athletes, business people from all around the world. So we would love you to come and join us. You get a lot of exclusive member benefits when you do, but really it's about supporting the show and keeping it on air. And for a coffee or two a month, that would be fantastic if you can come and join us. You can go to patron.lisatarmity.com. That's patron.lisatarmity.com and check it all out. Um, I remember in 2019, so that was I'd had, a, I'd had a break then and I went back into fighting and I had three fights. And the, the second one, I think it was the second one, so... First one jumped in and I, I walk into my coach and I said, oh, all right, it was going to be weekly training and then we do one session. And of course I'm like, oh, I'm coming every day. All right, let's do this. But I said, but I can't fight because we're I'm opening gyms. I'm about to launch one of these gyms, right? Yeah. And then I go into the gym and he's like, you're fighting in hell of many weeks. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so as that year it was getting up at 4.30 a.m., working five hours shift um, and then driving down to my my it's almost an hour's drive down to training and then a two-hour training session. So it was oh just chaos. So that that was a good six or seven months. And the second fight um, was a it was a Aussie title um, fight with a really experienced girl that I turn up on the day and she's way more experienced. He, he like, he's a throw yep. you in the deep end coach. Yeah. But what was interesting is I went for um, I went for a holiday to Bali and I and I said I'll probably have drinks one day and but I'll train every single day but I'll have a bit of a relax I did I trained once in just running on a treadmill yeah and I had cocktails by the pool most days but I was so burnt out by before going that I actually came back feeling so much more ready exactly. and that was yeah. interesting I was because like well, I really so... cooked myself yeah. yeah you cooked yourself and you were actually giving yourself a body time to catch up Yes. And then actually that's when you have the win of all of that training. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's such an eye-opener. And the problem, the, the tricky thing with a fight sport or even an ultra is it is 100% necessary to sometimes ignore your body and and yeah. develop the mental grit. It's 100% necessary sometimes to go to training when, oh, I know I haven't had enough sleep because I need to challenge the narrative in my head. I need the evidence that I that my body has more than my mind right now believes. But the fine line we walk is when that we we never know what we're in the middle of. Yeah. We never know we're stressed until we start to come out of stress and go, Oh, I think I was in a really stressful period then. I haven't yeah. been too great, you know, like yeah. I've always said that. So when you're an athlete, that's the same thing. It's keeping that dialogue. It's and you know, for myself jumping in and out um at these different times in life. You have to develop this relationship with your coach. And when you come back as a different different person each time, it's like I'm learning me and then I'm learning to communicate and he's learning yep. me. And it's so there's this real dance. Like, mm-hmm. like what matters, what are my values, what matters and who matters? All of this comes into play when I'm starting to learn who I am as a fighter again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just so much learning going on. And you think, and all of that for you know, a few minutes in the ring on the actual day and then it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and that's like the huge amount of effort. You know, we got the All Blacks playing in the World Cup on on, on Sunday, which the country's obviously pretty excited about playing Af- South Africa. And 
you know, like um, watching the history stuff yesterday and it's like, man, there's so much that goes into this stuff to get them to that point. The nerves that those guys must be having right now <laughs> must be through the roof, you know. Um, and they'll either be celebrating or they'll be crying in their beer, you know, like one one way or the other. And that's uh, the 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 brutality of, of of sport, you know. Sometimes you don't like. Sometimes, uh, oh, my husband last year or was it two years ago? Now he was training for a hundred miler, you know, training all the way through winter, putting in the hard yards, the real hard yards. A hundred miler, you've got to train a lot. Ugh. And then a week before the race, bloody COVID, they cancelled the race, you know. And, you know, you, the, the, the come down of that, when you, you, you didn't get to do the thing that you'd spent the whole year preparing for and, yes. and it's just taken off you, the, that, that really like he hasn't come back from that, like as in got back into another big event. He's done half marathons and things like that, but because that was such a disappointment. You know, like to come down off something like that, and and it's happened to me before in the past too. But it's really hard to get back up on the horse because you put in all this effort and then it's come to nothing. You yes. know, it's really disappoint disappointing. But you know, it's really hard. It's also important in those things to then put things in perspective of what's you know like. Um, a month ago, my mum was in the hospital and people who know my story know my mum is <laughs> the framework for my life, um, <laughs> fixing her, repairing her, keeping her alive. And, and, um, everything like we, we, she had GI bleeding. She had massive GI bleeding. And every time that she had these bleeds, she could have died at any moment. Like the blood loss was huge. Nothing will be as scary as that. Mm. Like, you know, when I'm watching the All Blacks play, when I'm preparing for an event, when I'm getting up to speak, when I'm doing anything that scares the crap out of me, I just take myself back there to those moments and I'm like, yep, piece of cake. You know, Mm. nothing is as bad as that. Nothing is as bad as watching your loved one bleed to death, you know, and Mm. nearly or nearly bleed to death and you're not knowing in that moment are they going to live another minute or not going to live another minute. And everything gets then relegated to of, you know, comparatively, I can handle this. Yeah. Because you've you've done those sorts of things. And same thing with boxing, same thing with, with ultra marathons, you know, when you're running, you know, across a desert in the middle of the Sahara in a civil war place and you've got uh, food poisoning, nothing is going to be as bad as that <laughs> except your mum bleeding to death, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you have these horrific moments in life where you go, okay, was it as, is it as bad as that? No. Okay. I can get through that then because I got through that. So yeah. I'll get through this. I'll get through this little glip in the road that I've got today. You know, yeah, it's having something to draw on, and that brings me back to that idea of the discipline. Like Hazley having that experience, I felt similar earlier in the year. I was contacted by a production company; they were doing a new TV show, adventure TV show, wanted wow. me to apply. So I applied, auditioned. They, it was a two person yep. team. It was amazing. Got through to the end auditions. Don't think the television show went ahead because it all went. <laughs> we didn't get through to the final audition, but yep. now it hasn't been released. So I think the the show actually got canned, but it was incredible. And in the process, I said to Harps, "Can you train me for this?" Yeah. So yeah. the training was just every day. What it, I'd, I'd call uh, him and he'd go, "This is your mission today." And we yeah. went from like I wasn't running before because I had bad knees. I was yeah. doing five k runs. I was p p being. I did sixty something k's in the first wow couple of months. It was ridiculous. Not not in one run. Yeah. My biggest run was 12, but yeah, yeah, the thing is I was, I was running in inte- like to the maximum. And as I'm running and I'm drawing on this now as I'm getting back into fight training, as I was running, I was thinking being great is just a matter of how uncomfortable you're willing to feel because, exactly. because I'm running at these times, I'm breaking, I'm breaking I'm PBs every time because I'm just willing to within the first K be in intense pain and, and maintain that for 5Ks. And yep. then six Ks and eight Ks and then twelve Ks. Wow. And when that when we didn't pass get any further in the auditions, I I was still running. Lost I was it. so thrilled to be able to still run because I hadn't been able to run for years with my knees, but I'd rehabbed that and and was able to do it. But 
I, I, I wouldn't run. So I do a 10K run. And I said this to my coach. I said, I, I do I do a 10K run because I'm too lazy to do a hard five. Because all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Hard five is worse. <laughs> yeah. And some of the other stuff Harps had me do was oh, so painful, like crazy painful. The first the first ever thing was he sent me to the Sandringham steps, about 120 steps to the beach. And he goes, I want you to do, what did he say? I think it was 50 sets in in mm. 50 minutes. I'm glad under I'm not 50 or something. Yeah. Harps. <laughs> well, I did one set and I was like, oh, well, that took a minute 30. So this time's not going to add up here. Yeah, it yeah. was the most painful thing, like the head talk in that. And I loved it, right? Because it was the head mm. talk. I was like, okay, what are all the things you're, thinks you're saying to yourself right now? What matters? Well, and it was painful. Whoa. But, yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't do it. As soon as that goal was gone, I was like, that's interesting. And what's interesting about it, this show didn't require me to run 5Ks as fast as I can. And I knew that while I was running it. Yep. But there was something that was giving me the ability to drive, and I think that's what we all need to understand yep. and work yeah, towards. The, and don't just goal. pick a thing and push yourself through it. Pick a thing that you that you realize you will push yourself for, and then figure out why. Yeah, then figure, figure out, out the why. metaphor. Figure out what it means. Like when it comes to boxing, this sport where you're alone and you're the only person in the ring. There's had been so much different meaning for me over time, but, you know, with all the work I've done in my own life and self-awareness and relationships and communication and having agency, all of these little nuances, I'm like, okay, what's important to me? Do I feel, do is this is this impeding on me in ways that are really um, meaningful for me? Is this going to trigger me? This is, I mean, this is a fight or flight environment. Mm-mm. How am I managing the relationships with the people around me? How am I managing me? Am I advocating for me? Is yeah, there, this was, that was, because yeah. you, in, you, in your background, you've got, you know, some situations where you were, when you were younger, right, that, that weren't good, where you weren't, didn't have agency and control. Yep. And so that must be all quite empowering to be able to, you know, if you want to. Yeah, and it's you know, and that. I, that's the other, I guess, the beauty of those big breaks in between is coming back with fresh eyes and a fresh feeling and a whole bunch of change and going, okay, when this happens in 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 this sport, this physical sport, what does that mean to me? And where has I changed? When I went back in 2019, and I had worked on emotions. And I was like, who are you going to be? Because dissociation and not feeling emotions mm. was was pretty cool, yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah, handy yeah. for boxing. And yeah. now all of a sudden you care and you feel emotions and you're going to have reactions in there. And I did. Um, and the same thing, like now knowing the effects of getting hit in the head all the time. So caring about me, caring about the outcome, self, self-love, self-care, not just got like, how do you maintain a fighter's mindset and still give a shit about yourself in the process? Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's a it's a very fine line between just walking in and going, I'll be the greatest no matter what, and then going, you know what? How much are we going to get hit in the head for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what's it? Yeah, yeah. and on that on that topic, you know, we were talking about yesterday, like you're saying, if I'm gonna hop in the ring, what do I need to do, Lise? Because you know about yeah. brain rehab, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was um, some things, you know, and I was like, Okay, I you know, like if you were my client coming to me and I was like, right, we're going to prepare your brain for this, you know, because I like I, I love sport and I love um, you know, watching rugby and I love watching boxing and like, you know, and I and I totally get the athletic endeavor, but I do cringe when I see people's heads getting hit and accidents happening because I know the long-term consequences of it, you know. Mm. And so there are things that you can do from a supplements perspective, you know, that that I wanted to sort of, you know, touch on, give you a bit of a consult today if you're going to go. <laughs> and, you know, how much, how long is a piece of string? Because I can give you a, a, a lot of things to be taking. But um, what I wanted people to, to sort of um takeaway is if they, if you've had a brain injury, take it seriously. Don't just go, well, I'll just lie in a dark room for a few days and wait till I come right, which is pretty much the standard approach unless you're having a bleed in the brain and they're going to operate or something. That's pretty much the approach you're going to get. Um, if you have been, if you have had a concussion or a TBI or, 
or a stroke for that matter or anything like that, you need to be proactive in healing that brain. Mm. Um, and stepping a step back from that, you also need and like what I would like you to be thinking about is if you're going into a fight where you're sparring or you are in the ring, that you have on board in your body the nutrients that are going to protect you from that that damage if you if you do get hit. Mm. And these are things like um, N-acetylcysteine, for example. Um, write that one down. So you want to have N-acetylcysteine. That's going to upregulate your, uh, so help support your glutathione. You can also take it as glutathione, uh, liposomal glutathione. Um, that's going to, that is a master antioxidant in the body. And when you have a hit to the head, you get a massive amount of oxidative damage all of a sudden, right? Mm. So you want to be having antioxidants on board. And of those, uh, N-acetylcysteine is a really good, that's a precursor to the glutathione. That's a really good one to have on board. Um, another one would be sulforaphane. So eat your broccoli sprouts, lots and lots of broccoli sprouts, which are good for so, so, so many things. I'm a big fan of broccoli sprouts for getting the uh, sulforaphane in. So that happens in the body. You have glucoraphanin and myrosinase. They're in the broccoli sprout. Um, and when you eat them, they join together and they make something called sulforaphane, which upregulates something called the NRF2 pathway, which is your cellular defense mechanisms of the body. Okay, so this turns on, I think it's 2,000 genes that are all going to be protective. So, bef- the, you know, the few meals that you have before going into the ring, get some broccoli sprouts on board or as a supplement. They are available as a supplement, which is a little bit easier. Um and make sure that you have that NRF2 pathway, that cellular defense pathway sort of firing on all fours before you go in. Mm-hmm. And then you want to do things like good oils. Always have good oils because your brain is made out of 70% fats, right? If you have shitty fats from your food, trans fats, deep fried fish and chips, that type of food, that's the type of brain you'll have. You'll have a shitty membranes, right? Mm. Yeah. We don't want that. So we want to be putting in either really good quality fish oils, be very careful with the fish oils that you do buy. There's a lot of oxidated crap on the market where it's not it's not good. So you want to get a good quality one. Um or there's a there's a um a company in America called, called Fatty 15 and they have a particular type of um uh, fish oil that is stable and doesn't oxidize and has proved, been proven in clinical trials to be a lot more effective at anti-aging and for brains and for a lot of other things. So I'm a big fan of that. And then there's another really special ingredient um, or molecule that uh, I had uh, a Dr. Dayan Good now on the show. Uh, go back and listen to that one. And he has um, <clears throat> he's been studying uh, brains and cells and um, all this sort of biochemistry stuff for for decades. And he has a product called plasmalogens, or plasmalogens are a type of fat. And he has these couple of products that you can buy now. Um, unfortunately, not not too cheap, these ones, but very, very powerful, especially if you've had an injury, you want plasmalogens. But if you even on the, you know, the few days before the fight, get these plasmalogens into you, make sure that they're on board. He says pretty much if you have the plasmalogens and some NAC and some other couple of other things, forgotten what he said. Um, you won't get an injury. You just, you'd have to really, really smash the crap out of your head to get an injury. It prevents the damage from happening. Mm. You know, when I'm watching the rugby players and I'm seeing that they're doing these HIA assessments, I'm just like going, for real? That, that you, you can't see the damage in the brain immediately. It happens days after. It happens when the brain starts to swell, when all these processes are happening. And this is when the damage is done. So the, the five minutes that you're off the paddock from them assessing your eyes, yeah, it'll pick up if you're really, really bad. It won't pick up all those little traumas that you're having that are going to cause major problems later on. And what um, I would love to see with our rugby players and, and indeed any of these sports is that there's a preventative strategy in place to have these things on board and these like things like plasmalogens you won't come up against problems i don't think with water or any of those you know um uh, issues mm. um fish oil certainly not curcumin not um you know n-acetylcysteine shouldn't be um you know all these things that you can take on board to protect yourself prior and then afterwards be cognizant of what's happening in your brain so if you're feeling like you got hit in the head 
wasn't that bad, didn't get knocked out. People think if they didn't get knocked out, it wasn't bad. That's not true. You can still have massive brain damage after being just just hit to the head. Um, And look for things like your hormones changing. Look for things like gut issues. 60% of people who have traumatic brain injuries have leaky gut. Leaky gut then leads to a whole raft of health problems, autoimmune problems and, you know, aging, speed up aging. So what brain injuries do is speed up aging Mm. because you're damaging the brain that controls all the hormones. And if those hormones go offline, so to speak, in your adrenals, your reproductive system, your gut health, all of those things are going to age you quicker. And so you will have a a faster decline. So not to say that you shouldn't do these things. What it is to say is that have the stuff on board to prevent it. Have a first aid kit if you do. Um, And I can send you a list, obviously. Um, A list of things to have in your first aid aid kit ready to go if you got knocked out or if you got, you know, really hit badly in the head so that you're immediately being preventative. And then I would also be thinking about um, in the, say, two to three months afterwards, be, be testing your hormones. A lot of the, um, so that you, you have this thing called the pituitary gland where a lot of your hormones are, are sending the signals to the body to do these things. And if the, if the pituitary gland gets hit and it's a, it's, the pituitary gland is a bit like an upside down ice cream. Okay. And so it gets very easily rattled and hurt. And, um, if that goes offline, then all your hormones start to have problems. And this could be adrenal hormones or reproductive hormones or other hormones. And so you want to, uh, growth hormones and things like that. So you want to make sure that that is operating correctly by having hormonal tests done, especially if you're having problems, like if you're a lady, you're having problems with your cycle or you're a guy, you're feeling like you've got no testosterone left. That could definitely be the case. I've seen lots of guys with very low testosterone after brain injuries. Mm-hmm. My brother, mm-hmm. for example, who we've been working with, and adrenals. Um, so uh, orthostatic hypertension is something that can often happen. or well, not often, but it does happen. So that you, if you take your blood pressure lying down, after you've been lying down for a few minutes, take your blood pressure, stand up, then take your blood pressure again. If you get a big drop in your blood pressure, you may have some... Uh, issues with your adrenal system and then we need to go down and do further investigation, you know, so that you can see what, what's actually happening with your, the hormones that have been produced in your adrenals. And that can have massive effects on your immune system. So you can see how all this is interrelated. A brain injury does not just affect the brain. It affects the, your risk for cancer. It affects your risk for leaky gut. It affects your autoimmune risk. It, it affects your thyroid. It affects your reproductive cycle. So all of these things are involved in those processes, and it pays to be super proactive, and none of this will be told to you by your hospital. The other thing that you need to be aware of is that your ability to uptake glucose in the brain is impaired. And so you want to um, change to a keto diet. You want to go high, high good fats and lots of vegetables and lots of anti-inflammatory type of foods and get away from any process, which you, you know should do anyway, um, and low carb, low sugar. Um, because your ability to take that sugar up is not there in the brain when you've had a when you've had a brain injury often, so you have to switch to ketones. And ketones are a much better fuel for the brain. And I'm actually a big fan of actually having exogenous ketones if you can, because they're not cheap. Exogenous ketones like ketone esters, they would be fabulous to have because they are the perfect fuel for your brain. So when I'm working with people like Alzheimer's patients or stroke patients or things like that, I try to get them on on exogenous ketones. These are ones that you drink to support the body's own production as well of ketones. Um, and that's a beautiful fuel for the brain to keep the, the brain going because it uses a different transporter into the cells of the brain so that it can produce its energy, whereas the glute transporters, which take up glucose, can be impaired and you can't. So, yeah. Just wanted to, you know, give you a, a, a this was a reverse interview. Um, but I thought, well, that might be valuable for you going forward, right? Mate, I'm here with pen in hand. I have, <laughs> it's really great. And, you know, and this is the thing is we, this sort of information just isn't available. Um, which is Generally really not. It should be. It's pretty basic. It is around. All the yeah. studies are done. Tons of books written on it. Yeah. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening a, in the sporting world. Is there a change in 
in um I guess in terms of age, right? So uh, like I'm 40 getting back into boxing. I, I box I started boxing. My god, you look young for 40. It's <laughs> <laughs> the zoom filter, mate. <laughs> Um, but I guess, yeah, is there, is there a a time when our brain is more or less resilient to the impacts of this or more resilient or that doesn't come into play so much? Um, I would say that, you know, like the older you get, the, the, probably the more damage it will do, but your brain is going to be susceptible at any, any time. And I think, um, in you know, puberty, you've got to be really, really super careful with kids going through puberty because mm-hmm. they haven't had all their hormonal changes yet that are going on. And if you bugger it up at that point, okay, that could really impair their future selves and their future reproduction and their how tall they grow. Like children who have brain injuries can often not grow to full stature because their pituitary glands are offline, their growth hormones are impaired and, and so on on and so forth. So yeah, there is different things and times when um, these may have a little bit more impact, but the brain is just something you want to protect your entire life and be proactive in, 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 in getting it back, you know, because, you know, it, it, it can have massive impacts on your whole family too. This is the other thing. It causes mood changes. You can become a person that you're not. You can become angry, violent, even you know, I, I, I'm sad alone. I think about how many people in our prisons are just the victims of brain injuries mm-hmm. that have been either beaten up as kids or beaten up as young people or been in fights or whatever. And now they can't control their temper, they're violent. The, 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 and and uh, to be honest, okay, you know, you, we all can do things proactively to control ourselves, but they're starting on the back leg, they're starting on the back foot. Um, and, and, you know, we are chemistry bombs, like our bodies are chemistry. You get you get a woman just before a period and you piss her off, you'll probably know what I'm talking about, you know? You'll probably have a traumatic brain injury yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you wrote down all of the supplements. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like just, you know, think back to the times in your life where you've been a little bit unstable, irritable, where you've snapped at someone and you've gone, where the hell did that come from? That's terrible. I didn't mean to do that. Mm. And and we are just this 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 very delicate chemical balance of things that we've got to try to keep right. And it's not easy. Mm. <laughs> and you've got genetic predispositions and you've got things like I've got something called cryptopyroles, which is where I produce too many pyroles and they don't get out of my body. And that makes me very um, short-tempered, shall we say. Sometimes. What's a pie roll? It sounds delicious. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's something we produce when we make our own blood cells and we get rid this is a byproduct and we get rid of it during you know through our urine. But people with cryptopyroles don't get rid of it and then it builds up in the body and it starts to steal your nutrients, namely things like vitamin B six and zinc, uh, especially. And so those then unbalance other pathways, right? Because you're deficient in those things. And then that has a knock-on effect to your brain where you, you can sometimes be a little bit not not such a nice person. If you... <laughs> so yeah, I work wow. on my B6 and my zinc and my other things that I take to try to, you know, support those pathways because I know that I've got that problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that I'm not an asshole. Doesn't always work. <laughs> Ask mum. Hubby's like, honey, have you had your B6 today? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. But but do, but it does make you realize when you're dealing with things like that, that how we how delicate the balance of our hormones are. And mm. and you know, you get it a little bit out of whack. And the, the like like for example, your gut health is really, really important for your brain health. You know, so ADHD, autism, all of these things are massively impacted by the state and the health of your gut. Yeah. So if you've got dep- or depression, you know, because your neurotransmitters, a lot of these are produced in the stomach and then they get, you know, feedback to the brain. Uh, and if you don't have the right combination of things going on down there, you're not going to have the right combination going on up there. Just interrupting the show to let you know about my longevity and anti-aging supplement range. I'd love you to go and check it out. Go to my website, lisatarmity.com and hit the shop button and you'll see a curated range of supplements, the latest in anti-aging, longevity, health optimization, performance optimization. I've gone out into the world and 
interviewed the most amazing doctors and scientists, as you'll know if you follow the show, and gone and got some of the best products that are out there. Stuff that I give to my family, that's what's in my range. So go and check it out at lisatamati.com. Yeah. Oh, see, this stuff fascinates me, just the, the whole pattern of things that can that, that come into play of who who are we, how do we think, what are, what, what are we influenced by, and, you know, when we yeah. don't know that, we just look at a symptom or, or a story and we throw a yeah. Band-Aid on it. And- yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love looking at it from a biochemical point of view and going, what's, oh, what's yeah. going on here? Is there something that we can help this person with on that level? Yeah. And then, you know, um, you know, like I've been working with my brother with a friend of mine who's a very top uh, brain expert and he's had uh, he's a professional rugby player, got hit in the head a, a billion, million times, had started to have some issues. I mean, he's a different person. Like he's mm-hmm. just amazing, you know, like uh, how much he's responded to the hormonal stuff, you know, and that's just like, wow, could have saved him a lot of suffering if I'd known this stuff a lot earlier, you know. But look at you saving him now. <laughs> Try. <laughs> um, and, and the other one is hyperbaric. If you get the chance to do hyperbaric yes. therapy after that, you know, after a brain injury, definitely do hyperbaric therapy. You need a lot of it, though. You don't just need one session. You do need a group of sessions minimum. But, yeah, th- th- those are some things. And and watch out for, you know, things like chronic fatigue as well because that can also your, – your ATP production, your mitochondria can be impacted and you, they can become dysfunctional, not produce enough energy and then you're just like a battery without it's you know not being plugged in yeah so watch out for all of those things um you know and and keep exercising like exercise is very good for brains that's the saving grace so and saunas and things like that Mm -hmm. actually random fun fact for you that the sauna produces growth hormone and something called bdnf brain derived neurotrophic factor so when you do saunas you are increasing those things and growth hormone is really important for repairing and, um, you know, for your brain, uh, but also for your body and to repair stuff. So you want to keep your growth hormone levels up naturally. And when you have three days in a row, the studies show that on the third day, you're getting something like a 1600% increase for a few hours of growth hormone, like really quite impactful, like, and then weight training does the same thing. So, uh, so heavy, heavy weights, yep, mm-hmm. will also cause a growth hormone um, spike, and that's that's a really powerful thing. And the other thing that sauna does is brain derived neurotrophic factor. It increases that. That's a healing thing for the brain. So you want your brain derived neurotrophic factor levels to be up there. And people have different genetic abilities to make brain derived neurotrophic factor. So you want to, you know, I know that I've got good one, for example. So my brain will heal quicker than someone else's brain. But if I add to that a bit of sauna and a bit of hyperbaric um, and these other things, then, you know, I can hopefully protect my brain. And like, I know my, because I do a lot for my brain, my brain is way faster than it used to be. It used to be mm-hmm. quite, duh. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and the, the sauna, the can I ask, um, infrared, there's different There's different types of infrared. Yep. Is there? Is that specific? Yeah, so the, the studies have been done on the normal sort of, you know, finish sort of saunas, you know, where it's getting up, oh, what is it, 104 degrees, yep. uh, whatever it is. So it's literally <laughs> heat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the infrared is meant to be doing other things. It gets deeper. You don't get as um, as hot, doesn't doesn't get as, as hot, takes longer. So it's a longer session that you have mm-hmm. to have. Um, so, you know, but I think that the, the short answer is both are good. Mm-hmm. Both are really good, both slightly different. You'll probably yeah. get a quicker response with normal sauna where it's actually hotter. Um, with infrared, does other things in the body. So, yeah, both of them are good. Even a hot bath mm. would help you with your brain-derived neurotrophic factor or a spa pool. And that. So that, that's really a really good thing to do at nighttime is have a hot bath. If you can't, if you you know don't have a sauna, not not many have a sauna, um, a hot bath will will, will help. Got a small water tank. I get my bath half full and my hot water runs out. <laughs> I might have oh, to install. Might have to install a sauna here. <laughs> get, yeah, definitely. The, the the cheaper to get the infrared saunas than the full bore saunas, just because they're easier to, and they're easier yeah. to put up in your house and so on yeah, and so yeah. forth. Um, but yeah, but definitely consider that as a long term investment. Tiff. 
Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I'm set, mate. I've got my notes here. I'm going to take <laughs> yeah. over the world. Yeah, you're going to go and, Me and my kill it in this, this next event. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. absolutely wonderful. Hey, Tiff, thanks so much for being on the show. You're an absolute legend. Um, I really enjoy our conversations. We never quite know where they're going to go. And um, where can people um, listen to you, your podcast, and follow you on socials and all of that sort of good stuff? Uh, it's available on all the usual audio platforms. I put the odd episode up on YouTube, but not very many. So if you want to see my might head, change that you can, now. Yeah, yeah, I might change that at some point. But um, there's, <laughs> there's 700 episodes and counting on, oh my God. on Apple and Spotify and all of those places. I'm in all the usual social haunts. Uh, so, yeah, rollwiththepunches.com.au. Tiffany Cook, easy. And Both. website, website? www.rollthepunches.com.au www.rollthepunches.com.au Excellent. Tiff, thanks very much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends. Head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatamati.com.